So that answers the bra question. Penis question. Penis question, yeah, she's got a knob. Um, <laughs> yeah. Simple as that, yeah. yeah. She, you can't half ass a boy brew. No. You know, if you're, you're not just going to Maybe turn... that's what the puppy dog tails were for. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Hey. So, presumably, in that two hour period when she's a boy, yes. she will need to use the lavatory. Yes. Which means the fir- probably the first penis Sabrina touches is Jack's. I'm more concerned about when she turns from a boy to a girl. Does it just suck, suck into her? What, or does it fall off? What? I don't know. I mean, that was one 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 gruesome visual we were seeing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's one way to one up the face coming off. It really <laughs> shows that, to be honest. Shaking, shaking a, a little knob out of the bottom of her pants. I'm, just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying the effects team couldn't manage it <laughs> because they're very good. But I'm glad we didn't see it. <laughs> Welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three gracious and groovy gringos review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil, I am your host and your guide through this magical adventure of all 163 of those episodes, but I am not alone. I am joined by two comrades to the side of me. First of all to the left is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello Graham. Hello. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I uh, enjoyed this episode again. It has some sort of controversial and sort of dubious. (laughs) Some sort of weird comments are made uh, and we we will will dissect them when we get to them. And uh, the uh, comrade to my right is Mr Chris Evans. Hello Chris! Hello Phyllis! How are you? I'm okay. Uh, Did you enjoy it just like Graham? Uh, I I did. Uh, Gertrude rose some uh, very good points. He did indeed. So... um, why are you referring to us as girls? Because the gender swap. Oh, of course! <laughs> Fucking <laughs> hell! Fucking hell! Jesus Christ! Phyllis, Gertrude, Christine. I mean, it wasn't difficult, was it? I, I, I know, I was, I was making light of it to if, if people were listening were unsure, and that's, that's, that's the explanation, that's what I wanted. <laughs> oh, well, you've ruined this. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it whenever I do something, you ruin it? <laughs> As Christine correctly told us, uh, this episode is all about gender swapping, not between the three of us, even though um, you know we've been given names. Now this and is it every so often. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, I have been to Rocky Horror a few times, and I look good in a pair of fishnets. That's all I'm saying. I've just been outside in a pair of fishnets and look all right. Great. Wearing them right now. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, now this episode is all about Sabs doing that. She is uh, turning herself into a boy to sort of. Um, kind of investigate what boys do she's uh, she's going undercover as a boy to mix with the boys with the other gender and yeah kind of bond with Harvey on another level she forms a potion which turns her into a boy temporarily kind of like Cinderella I guess even though that Cinderella didn't really turn into a boy but she had she had a time frame she had a, yeah, which... there was a time to live as she wanted to live yes so, yeah. yeah I mean Cinderella was a boy that's or just a panto where the female lead is often. Oh, of course, yeah. 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 Sometimes played by a boy and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You, you often see Peter Pan being played by a, by yeah. a lady. Yeah, or, uh, or Jack. Jack, yeah. Jack yeah. of Anne the Beanstalk. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the ugly sisters are usually played by uh, men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so really, yeah. so sort of maybe to um, sort of offshore um, sort of audiences, this would be about like <laughs> offshore. <laughs> the guys in the Cayman Islands who <laughs> handle our tax. I know they're listening. Thanks, guys. Um, you know, so f- further afield from the 
the UK is what I mean. Yeah. Obviously, uh, pantos is, is you know a big tradition of ours. So you know this this sort of topic is is uh, I think it's funnier to us on a different level. Yeah. Well, I, I just I just think Victorian England was evidently more open-minded about gender roles than people today, which is a bit sad. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this episode, like I say, it's all about Sabrina um, going undercover as a boy to infiltrate what it means well the boys world really and uh, sort of get the secrets of what it means to be a boy but oh, she uncovers something a little bit potentially upsetting yes the room too much but drama yeah a bit just, of drama ju- just to clarify what it means to be a boy is well nothing special really I mean you, you're, you're a guy what it means to be a boy is open to interpretation being a boy is whatever you want it to be yeah. folks it's just yeah do what you want to be a boy, and this is what Sabrina does is well. Well, we what we see the boys doing is unlike what I guess what typical I, boys doing. It's uh, it's stupid. It's it's satire. I yes, guess, yeah, I yes, guess. Yeah, yes. but we'll get to that. Yes, yeah. we will, and we'll get into it quite quickly. So, uh, boys, or say girls, are we ready for this episode of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Boy? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> of course we are, Phyllis. Fabulous, let's crack on. Uh, so this episode opens with Sabrina meeting Valerie at the Slicery, a place we ain't been for a while. <laughs> it's had a refurb. <laughs> it's had a refurb. There's, they've put in booths. They've put in booths. Yeah, yeah. yeah Not puss in boots. We're on <laughs> the uh, pantomime. <laughs> yeah, they've, um, there's, there's a few more arcade machines. There's more extras in there. There's a lot more going on, a bit more buzz going on inside the Slicery. And uh, yeah, booths, as we say, is, has been put in. So it's yeah. But have you ever been, have you ever been to the uh, the shop booths? Oh, the fancy supermarket. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I. Genuinely didn't know it existed until about four years ago. They don't have them in that many... God, this is so irrelevant to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't have them in that many places. I think there's one in Kendall, yeah. there's one in Nutsford, there's one in Ulverston. I think, um, there's a, there, I think there's only like a handful and they're all in the northwest. Yeah, there's one in Lancaster too. Yeah. I've uh, got one thing in booths and that's brown sauce. They do good brown sauce. They do, they? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nobody paid us to have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're in the northwest, you want a supermarket that's a cut above, not quite as punty as Waitrose, Boots. Yes. If you can find one, that is. If, yeah. <laughs> like the A team. Um. I failed to mention at the start of this podcast that this week's episode is brought to you by Boots. Uh, so yeah, the yeah, the Slicer's had a lovely refurb, a lot of money been spent on it in the uh, in the crossover of seasons. And uh, Harvey has ditched them both. He isn't joining Sabs or Valerie on this on this mission to uh, get some pizza slices. He's instead um, he's being a bit of a grease monkey. Isn't yeah, he? he's working on a car. It ain't oh. it ain't grease lightning though. Yeah, four blokes in a garage working on a car. What else? What other jokes are you gonna make? You know, Danny re- Zuko. <laughs> yeah. They're being really sort of manly, and, and uh, Valerie says, "I oh, wouldn't well, say they're being manly. They're being be- laddy, blokey, laddish, laddish, yes. yeah. laddish." But Valerie's asking Sam, like, oh, what do you think boys talk about? And she thinks they talk about girls. <laughs> and do they talk about girls? Nope, they talk about... Gus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they talk about Gus, the little mouse from Cinderella. Or oh, the little guy with the glasses from Recess. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't, they don't talk about Gus. <laughs> No, they don't talk about guts. Chris, did you have another stab at what they are talking about? <laughs> they talk about guts and pus. Guts and pus is what they're talking about. And which is more gross in a film? Yes. And uh, Harvey's on the side that it's guts, and uh, his, his mates are on the side that it's it's pus. But he says, well, guts, you might get pus in there as well. Yeah. So, so he, well, wins. He, he wins. He, he wins ultimately. But they 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 sort of uh, drew out the level of pus. 
because I think the phrasing was, yeah, but if you saw a, uh, a geyser uh, throwing out puss, then that would be the grossest thing ever. But I'm, I'm sorry, I've never once seen a, a geyser in Yellowstone Park throw out yeah, that, yeah, that's taking the idea of something and putting it in a, a different context, isn't it? Just to make it gross. Oh, perhaps it should, because puss is yellow. Just like the stone in the park. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, we go. They are not talking about guts, they're talking about uh, puss and guts, and which one of them is the uh, is the grossest. Which side are we all on? Uh, well, um... I, I think it's to do, I, th- I think it's all got to do with the level and the context in which they are. Well, I say it's puss. Puss is, like, like creamy in texture. Yeah, but the thing is, so puss just sort of, like, I don't know, it comes to the surface more often. Yeah, you know, I mean... I've, I've seen puss come out of myself, and I, people have not really seen my guts come out of me <laughs> yeah. or anybody else. So, so you're, you're, you're on the fence because you're... You've not seen one side of the argument. Yeah, I can't. I can't really judge. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll disembowel myself later and tell you oh. my fa- tell you my findings. Well, we'll film it and put it on our Twitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, would you rather um, kill gut and skin a whole deer or squeeze spots, boils, and sores off a uh, overweight, sweaty gentleman? Because the animal cruelty aspect, in fact, probably be helping out the gentleman. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. Probably the spots on the gentleman. But we're putting it to you, listeners. Or which do you find more disgusting, guts or puss? Tell us. Hashtag guts. <laughs> <laughs> so going from one gag to the next in the credits, we're treated to a dressed as a bee, and she says, uh, "To be or not to be." I guess to be because she's a bee. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, the last the last episode in the spa, there were bees. There were bees, <laughs> and she was dressed as a nut. Now she's dressed as a bee when she should have been dressed as a nut. Yeah, because she's, she's, she's got nuts in this one. Yeah, she? exactly. Do you, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they got they got the the credits the wrong way around. I'm, yeah, I'm wholly disappointed. Yeah, wholly disappointed. Also, she didn't just say I'm a bee like she said <laughs> I'm a nut last time. So uh, we, we didn't we didn't get a fact. Not straight fact, this week no. was disappointed. No, that's very true. We just got a straight up gag, which, you know, as we say, we prefer facts, I think, sometimes. Also, we got much better bee jokes in the last episode. So, uh, <laughs> we yeah. did, yeah, that was good. We cut back to the garage where Sabs and Val have left the slicery to go hang out with the guys. But all they're interested in is fixing that darn automobile that won't start. They both get bored and ignored, so they leave. Yeah, Valerie does make a, an adequate point of saying, have you checked the alternator? And they all just dismiss her. Yeah, what is the alternator? I'm not a car guy. Well, the alternator is the thing uh, on the battery, so it, it recycles the power almost, okay. keeps the battery charged. And of course, this is something that us boys do you know, when, when someone suggests stuff to us. We don't want to be defeatist, do we? We're like, no, 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 that's a stupid idea. We're shooting that down. The whole point around the whole alternator uh, sort of uh, advice, obviously, is reintroduced mm-hmm. a little later on mm-hmm. when Sabrina becomes a boy. So we'll, we'll get to that then. We will indeed. At the Spellman's house, and Sabrina is confiding in Salem, begging him to tell her what boys talk about. But he can only comment on what boy cats are about, and that they're more political. They take a more political approach. I, I, I have to admit, I see that. That makes sense. They, they, they would take a more political approach to things. They are cats. Mm-hmm. They yeah. have nothing better to do with their time. They yeah. observe and judge, don't they? So yes, exactly. Mm. No, no action, just mm, theory. Yeah. of being being a boy. So he says he won't give any secrets because he is a, uh, a cat rather than a boy. He does say, though, that when girls aren't around guys, guys can talk about big boy stuff, and Sabrina will sadly never find out. To which she says, ugh, men. And he says, 
Ugh, women, and then she says, Ugh, cats, and Salem just hangs his head, <laughs> having been reminded that he's a cat, which yeah. always depresses him. <laughs> yeah. Poor bloke. In the kitchen, and the phone rings. Sir Hilda barges past Zelda to go pick it up, but unfortunately, it turns out she shouldn't have answered it, as it was Mr. Kraft asking her out again. The last time we met, I pepper sprayed him. Continuity, guys. Yeah, she sure did. This is a reoccurring theme in this season, something we uh, didn't get in the first series. So, yeah, you know, a narrative. Our- Overarching continuity, and this was just a a thing that sort of as a throwaway action, just to start ending an episode. That would be one and done in season one. Yes. Whereas here, it sort it sort of does carry over. Yes. You know, yeah. something so small. I mean, a man got pepper sprayed. It's no small news, but <laughs> but no, it is small news <laughs> yeah. in the grand scheme of things. One of... man was pepper sprayed. Is pepper sprayed in a restaurant? Ah. But you know, it's nice that in this context of the show that you know we are being reminded. Because we got that a bit late on in season one, calling back about nose jobs. and That was like the, the weakest and least welcome callback imaginable. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, you know, like, it just supports us when we say that this season is a completely different animal. It's really, really good. Uh, so, yeah, Mr. Kraft is on the phone asking her out. And Zelda says, well, why don't you just tell him that you're not interested? And she's like, oh, well, I have. And he, he must be one of those, what do you say? Uh, sort of... Resilient losers. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've known that about Mr. Kraft anyway. He's... Divorce. He's living with his grandma. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I uh, in I don't know any losers that aren't resilient. You kind of have to be, really. Otherwise, yeah. you, you, well, well, yeah, yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. you always have to look for the positives. We, don't you? We, we we took a turn. Sorry, guys. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let, let's let's bring this back up quickly. Uh, uh, here's here's to all the resilient losers in the world. That's, yes, let's just yes. Say. Well, well done. Well done, guys. Yeah. Not us. We're not losers. No. No, we're clearly not losers. We're not spending a Sunday recording a Sabrina podcast. Sabrina comes down (laughs) to ask her aunts about the mysteries of men. And uh, Zelda says, oh, well, let me schedule in some time over the next decade. Whoa! No, there is no secrets that deep I don't think there is any mysteries to men. Sure, you know, people see us as we may be a bit... St- you know, too stubborn for our own good sometimes. So can women be? Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I just, yeah, just generally, uh, the whole. I think now in 2017, just the whole idea of just stereotyping people based on their gender is just really old and yeah. shit, isn't it? It, it was, it was handled quite playfully in this episode, so you didn't really think, oh, for God's sake. But yeah. Lines like that, it's just kind of like, okay, get, yeah, get, the, over, get over it. When, when the characters um, are dressed as boys, like the jokes and stuff are playful and yeah. silly and oh, stuff. Yeah, but yes, yeah. We, so we may have hidden depths. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. No, we no, don't. But other people might. No. So Hilda says that the best way to find out about the mysteries of men is to perhaps turn herself into one, or, or a boy specifically, by using a turn yourself into a boy spell. Which rolls oh. off the top quite nicely. Oh, how, how convenient that exists. <laughs> yeah. 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 Makes well, sense it would, I guess, seeing as everything else that they can do. But, yeah. Well, do, you, do you think like a grown man would have a turn yourself into a boy potion just to turn a bit younger? And... Oh, heavens, that would just be dodge. Jesus that, Christ, you know. yeah. Um... I mean, in that respect, then, is there a turn yourself into a porcupine spell? <laughs> there might be. There's turn a girl into a pineapple spell. Yeah, so that is true, yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's turn a girl into a goat spell. Exactly. Oh, right, yeah. No, to turn yourself Kinda into various sense. things. Yeah. yeah, turn yourself into various things. You Ooh, can... turn yourself into a cardboard box. Get cardboard it? Cardboard husband. Ah. Yeah. There we go. 
Zelda is completely <laughs> against using that spell because, well, apparently we're led to believe that she spent 50 years as a boy and got lost because she refused <laughs> to ask for direction. Yes! That's, uh, yeah, that's... Uh... Bradley Walsh live at the London Palladium comedian <laughs> material, that, isn't it? That's, uh, that's um, men are like this, aren't they? Am I right? Nudge, nudge, 101 there. But, um... <laughs> so as soon as Zelda leaves the house, naturally, Hilda takes Sabs to the lab top to go make a potion. Now, the ingredients for the the boy brew that we learned I today, like this. Yeah, are very good, very, again... Uh, we've had so many nursery rhyme influences in uh, the episodes. So, what are the uh, what are the ingredients that go into this potion? Slugs and snails and puppy dogs' tails. Synthetic. Synthetic. Obviously, we don't want to be cruel to puppy dogs. But slugs no. and snails, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> They're gross and slimy. Ew. And the French eat them. Get them in. Yeah. Uh, boil them alive. Uh, dogs. No, no, it's alright. They're just fake. Yeah, fucking hell. So, yeah, so finest snips What of... sort of dog tail is it, though? Is it a poodle? Is it a cocker spaniel? Is it a boxer? Is it a German shepherd's tail? We don't know. We what don't would know. make the best potion? What, what's the most manly dog that could make a boy? Ooh, maybe what? a Great Dane. Yeah. Dane. I mean, yeah. stereotypical. Ooh, St. Bernard. I saw a St. Bernard the other day. It could have eaten me. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. That's not related to anything, but Jesus Christ, how do they exist? How do you look after one? Incredible. So they use the finest snips of snails and puppy dogs' tails, but they make some boy brew, which is a can of magical soda that won't change her thoughts or behaviour into a boy, but they will cosmetically turn her into a grisly male teenager. And vocally as well. And vocally, of course, yeah. yes. And after a slurp and a burp, she turns into a boy, swapping her long blonde hair for 90s blonde curtains as well as a typical 90s sort of teenage bum outfit and 90s teenage boy vocabulary as well yes just generally sabrina's journey as a boy journey as a boy her male persona is this week's that's so 90s i mean the curtains the uh, just a dude sort of uh, I, I, yeah. I genuinely thought at one point i was watching an nsync video <laughs> yeah 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 she's very nsync she's got sort of like the she's got the button shirt over the button shirt um, was it, about shirt, five fucking jumper. layers <laughs> yeah. who needs five layers i think it was well, partly because that's how boys dressed at the time and partly because obviously Melissa joan hart is very obviously a woman and she needs to wear back clothing to hide the fact. But yeah, still but, yeah. But yeah. but the curtains, man. Yeah. It was yeah. like it was like a bowl cut with shades. Yeah, it was like two yeah. in one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a two in one haircut that just epitomised the nineties. It's the... kind of party in the front, business in the back, like a reverse mullet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, like if you imagine two of the worst haircuts you <laughs> saw on uh, on young boys in in school, it was combined. Yeah, yeah. Another good wig though, just like yeah, very uh, good, yeah. just like a crew cut in the um, in the oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Episode, so yeah. I guess not only the slice, we had a nice sprucing up and a bit of uh, money spent on it, but yeah, there's a lot of nice costume. Yeah, well, 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 we've seen uh, a spruce up of set across the board. We've seen uh, a spruce up of uh, Salem's puppet. Uh, yeah, and we spruce and... up his asshole. I'm <laughs> <laughs> now we've seen... spruce up his asshole. And <laughs> um, now we've seen a spruce up of costume and wigs. Yeah. So you can really tell that they've uh, they've got extra money coming in. Yeah. yeah. And what's good is is I think yeah, Melissa Joan Hart. I think she plays this this sort of yeah. teenage boy really well. I feel yeah. Like. Also, yeah. I mean, you said, I, is she going to speak like that for the whole episode? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it would be wrong to say she plays him convincingly, which is <laughs> yeah. not supposed to. Yeah. It's just suppo- but like she plays it uh, humorously and with a lot of dedication to the role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
just like Spider Sense, uh, she she can sense when Sports Sense is on. Yes. Yes. Because because I mean, if she, yeah. can, if she can tell the time, she knows when Sports Sense is on. <laughs> yes. There yeah. we go. Uh, that's yeah. Common sense, isn't it? Oh. Look, looks at a chronograph. Oh yeah, time Sports Sense. Yeah. Uh, I think we overlooked a, a a very intelligent joke done by Aunt Hilda actually uh, when oh, they're making that? the potion. It's like. Uh, they're making the potion, and she goes, "Yeah, it's like one of your exes loses a leg. Chromosomes loses a oh, leg." Oh yeah, one that of your chromosomes uses a leg because obviously XX female, XY male. Ah. So if you took a stalk off off that X, you've got a Y. Well, there a, we a, go. a very intelligent joke, very much thrown away, very much overlooked, very much unappreciated by those dickheads in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Always miss the cleverest jokes <laughs> and laugh at things that aren't funny. The, the little science jokes and the little. Um, yeah, usually, usually it's Eldry who makes one. This occasion it's yeah. Hilda. But yeah, always the cleverest jokes and always the ones where you just... You don't necessarily laugh, you just go, ah, yes. Yes, I like yes. that. I thought we were like with the bee jokes, but we uh, laughed, I think, too much about those ones. <laughs> just like Cinderella's spell, uh, it only lasts for a short while, which is two hours, in fact. So she must be careful not to be seen in public after two hours of drinking the boy brew. Uh, she heads upstairs to show Salem, who saves her from spraying perfume and giving himself a lame-ass name. She's about to spray perfume and he says, oh no, we need to give you a cool name, you're going to get beaten up. And she says, Kirby, and he says, oh great, we're going back to you getting beaten up. Uh, next little fact, the the bur- you know the belts that we hear throughout the episode of when yeah. Sabrina drinks, mm. well, the characters drink the, the brew, all performed by one man. It's not a sound effect, it's it's, it's voiced by a voice artist. Uh, Morris Lamarche, so he's... Um, oh yeah, he's sort of quite an experience. He played, um, he played, I think he played Samuel L. Jackson in Team America and things like that. <laughs> he's, he has a few little voice acting roles like here and there, yeah. Um, he also voices by one of my favourite characters, Morbo from Futurama. Oh, right. oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, he, so I mean, so uh, you know, Marisa Marsh is, you know, he's voiced so much uh, stuff across the board, similar to like Frank Welker. Yeah. Uh, but he yeah, had belching. This is yeah. what he got paid for in this particular episode. <laughs> I wonder how much you have to pay Frank Welker just to belch? I know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, too much for it to be worth it. The next day, and Sab sneaks some brew in and turns into Jack Spratsky. We learn out what she says, Jack Spratsky. Yes, obviously Jack Spratt could eat no fat, his wife could eat no lean. Yeah, more, more nursery rhymes. <laughs> yeah, indeed. The next day, and Sab sneaks some brewing and turns into Jack Spratsky, who instantly freaks and confuses Valerie. So who will she pester next? The person she'll pester next is Harvey and the boys. Did we catch any of the names of the boys? Not a fucking one. One of them I... is called Ramage. <laughs> yeah. yeah I... So there's Harvey Kinkle, Dolrymple... Ramage and Baines. It, it reminds me of their surnames. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's just about I guess that's, that's a laddish thing, isn't it? Just calling somebody by their surname. We've never been laddish enough to do that. But, no, um, no. I, I mean, it, it reminded me of that scene in Dodgeball when... Uh, um... What, Blade, Laser and Blade? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> this is Blade, Laser, Taser, Blazer. <laughs> it just reminded me of that. It's like... Well, they're the names of the boys, and um, funnily enough, Dol- the guy who played Dolrymple is the only one who wasn't credited in the episode. But he is Aww. the most famous one out of them all. And who is he? He is uh, Zack, the Black Power Ranger. Oh, is he? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Was he uncredited because he was sort of famous? He might have been. Black Power Ranger's already on the air at this I'm point. Sure. Uh, Walter Jones. Yeah. So Walter Jones uncredited in this episode, but yeah, he was at the Black Power Ranger, and this obviously it ran up, you know, from like 1993, it's still going, I think. So he's, he's already something of a name at this point, which is maybe why he's uncredited, just like, like hey, if, you, if you're eager-eyed viewers among you may notice. Yeah, so yeah, that's uh, the Black Zach. Power Ranger. The only one not credited, but his other his other boys are, so again, uh, so we've got Kinkle, Doll Rimmage, so we've got Kinkle, <laughs> Doll Rimmage. <laughs> 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 
So we've got Kinkle, Dolrymple, Ramage and Baines. They then continue to shove each other in a jovial manner and fix the car, which we all like. Uh, They're all shoving, punching each other. Just how long and awkward the, the pushing scene and <laughs> it's is. Just, it was clearly one of those moments where the director just went, okay, and now just uh, shove and punch each other a little bit. And they did it in one take and no one gave a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't stop until I say. Yeah. <laughs> they just went, and you just went yeah. for it. They just like scratch each other's it's heads. Like, and oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, lads, uh, lads, lads. But it sort of sums up how the episode quite, deals quite well, mostly, with the whole sort of gender thing, because it's just so over the top, it's such parody. Of like, yeah, how, uh, I guess you know. it, it's kind of showed the contrast of girls being so well, so paranoid about what boys are thinking about, but they're on the flip side, they're completely harmless, they're just yeah, being they're, silly. Yeah, yeah. When uh, they're together, they're not talking about other girls, not talking, they're just talking about sports. They're just, yeah, just silly, silly guys but, who, you know, who go up and play fight. Let, let, let's not <laughs> discount that, yeah, there have been many films, TV shows, episodes that have got girls turning into boys, but vice versa, you've got boys turning into girls or wanting to know what girls are thinking, etc, uh, etc. Et so the, it's it's an even field. It's an even field. Yes, it is. And uh, again, it's in a completely harmless, really silly manner. So I like Really it. silly manner. <laughs> um, obviously, we said that uh, Serena introduces herself to the guys as Jack Spratsky and she then um, recommends how to fix the car and it was the same thing as Valerie, Sabrina. Yeah. But now, because she's a boy... They listen to her and they're like, oh yeah, the alternator, yeah, good idea. So that's, yeah. yeah, and then they all gather around the same corner of the car. It takes one of you chaps, come on. <laughs> yeah, come but on. Again, that's sort of like a thing which unfortunately does quite often, obviously, not always, because like I'm saying, you know, everybody's different, but quite often women's opinions on sort of guy things are discounted. When if a guy voiced the same opinion, they'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, because <laughs> so, you, yeah. you're a guy, you must know what you're yeah. talking about, yeah. Back home, and Hilda is showing no interest in Zelda's life at all. But suddenly, the doorbell goes, and it's Mr. Kraft. And tracking we, shot! We do, we get our first tracking shot. Yeah, yeah, proper proper swoop and follow of Hilda yeah, as she goes towards graceful, the door. wasn't it? Very it good. Was, it was completely unexpected. It's the first time we've seen depth in any of the sets, really. Yeah. Yeah. We've just seen them as just one set piece here and there, but to know that this is a... It's got several rooms, this set, and you can go through it. And... Just like the expansion of the cafeteria, they are <laughs> yeah. proper happy with it, and they yeah. are determined to yeah. show it off. Yeah, so and who can blame them? It was good. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like I said, it's good to see that a you know a three D show that this set is isn't just a typical sitcom backdrop. We can go in yeah. and out of this entire house. It's really really cool to see. Um, as we say, it's Mister Craft is at the door, the resilient loser who won't take no for an answer. Zelda refuses to help out her sister, so it calls for some drastic measures. And what are those drastic measures? Uh, Boy brew! <laughs> yep, Hilda transforms herself into a bearded, overweight, leather-clad biker called Sunny. And all I said was, yep, makes sense. That's exactly yeah. what I thought Hilda would... Hilda's main alter ego would be. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because Hilda, you know, she might be she might be in a, in a female body, but she's very strong, she's very powerful, she's very... Rude when she wants to be. Yeah. Obnoxious, I think, yeah. is the term. Yeah. She's uncompromising. Yeah. So I guess this is the perfect mental representation of her being yeah. a, a bloke. And like I said, it's this this fat, bearded, gruff, rude uh, sort of biker called Sonny. Also, if any type of person would scare away Mr. Craft, it would probably be a biker as well. So <laughs> yeah. it's perfect for the situation she needs it for. I, I, I also feel the tax man would scare him away. Probably, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody. So Hilda uh, is transformed into Sunny, this viciously redneck biker dude equipped with a huge gut, mutton chops and a bad attitude. Sunny says that Hilda is his old lady and verbally assaults Mr. Craft, And he leaves, vowing to never come back. 
I didn't get a reference that Mr. Kraft made, but you did, Graham, so please he, tell yeah, us more. He, he finishes... Well, first of all, she says something like, I ride with the hillsiders out of hillside. Oh, it's Marblehead. Oh, yeah, Marblehead. I ride with the Marbleheads out of Marblehead, which was brilliant. <laughs> but, um, yeah, as he leaves, I think it's the first encounter between them, he says it. Um, he says, can I just say, uh, you people did a great job at Altamont. You will be unsurprised to know that it's yet another reference to the 60s that would go over the heads of all the children watching this in the 90s. Altamont, uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a racetrack, or was a racetrack in California, um, and at the very end of the 60s, December 1969, there was a big concert there with all like the big bands of the time, like the Rolling Stones and the Grateful Dead and those sort of people, and uh, they hired the Hells Angels to do security, and, uh, yeah, things got extremely out of hand. Oh, wow. uh, a guy got on the stage with a gun, and was stabbed by a Hell's Angel. Um, and a few other people died as well. And it was just generally seen as like the point where all, you know, all this sort of like free spirited sort of, you know, um, culture of, of the 60s sort of came to a very ugly end. And it happened literally at the very end of the 60s too. Mm. So, uh, yeah. That's so what... would you would you say that Altamont is the symbol of the death of the hippie era? That's what a lot of people think, yes. Wow. And it, yeah, it all came from a Hell's Angel stabbing a drugged up guy with a gun. Which, okay. But at the end of the day, I'm on the side of the Hell's Angel on this one. He was going to shoot Mick Jagger, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If and a it, guy goes on stage drugged out of his face with a gun, yeah. and the, the only option you can foresee is to stab him, stab yeah. him. And obviously, sadly, it wasn't the, the last time someone grabbed up on stage and killed a musician mid-play. And obviously, we had Dimebag Daryl. Dimebag Daryl, yeah. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Um, so, so when we say this, it's like, oh, you did a great job um, at Altamont. Then, well, I guess it's a... A witty verbal stab at, at Sonny, I guess, like a, an attack yeah. going, yeah, great, yeah, you're, you're a good partner for, for Hilda, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, but again, yeah, Nick McCarry, child of the 60s, <laughs> Drop, <laughs> dropping that 60s reference again. <laughs> he knows um, it, yeah. So we return to the garage where the boys are talking about Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Troy Aikman. Serena accidentally says that he's hot, but Harvey comes in with some hot stats to, uh, you know, to help him out. Oh, yeah, because... We, we, we chaps love our hot stats. We do love our hot stats. I also like that Harvey was sort of like... Shows again that he's a good guy. That, you know, he knows that like the other guys might, like, you know, sort of sort of lay into uh, Jack there. And he sort of jumps to his defence, sort of changes the subject before that happens. Yeah, well, Sabrina says, what do you think I meant? His butt? And they all laugh and shove each other. Because that's yeah, what we do yeah, we make, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, make yeah, bum we, jokes. Yeah, we make butt jokes. And he's like, ha-ha, butts, ha yeah, that's um, that's the perfect icebreaker with any 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 man. Something that interested me: the relationship between Harvey and uh, Sabrina as Jack. As yeah. we've seen that obviously Harvey is completely infatuated by Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. when Sabrina transformed into a cat, he still thought that she was Sabrina was was the most beautiful cat he's ever seen. Uh, Do you reckon a part of Harvey thinks that Jack is the most beautiful boy he's ever seen? Quite possibly, yes. Maybe that's why he jumped straight into help. Because yeah. he, he felt a connection there. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's not, he's not like, riding into him, and, you know, as Sabrina rides Jack, that is. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, maybe there's a bit of, maybe not an attraction, but... A but support. A, a, a an empathetic support. Yeah. Considering they don't know each other for very long, in, like, their, their for, the form of um, Sabrina being Jack, Harvey gets very, sort of, like, close to him, really, doesn't yeah. he? You know, he, he really, sort of, seems to, sort of enjoy Jack's company and be very sort of supportive towards him. So yeah, he's a man uh, yeah. of the people, is our Harvey. He's, he is. He's, he's quick to befriend anybody. As if we didn't love Harvey enough, this episode gave us yet more reason to. 
Yeah. Even when he's with the boys, he's still a gentleman. Yes. I mean, that all changes when they start doing belching competitions next. Yeah, but who doesn't love that? <laughs> uh, I mean, we all do it, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, 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 of course. And... Uh, <laughs> Nice, on cue. Case in point. <laughs> so after the burping competitions, Hey Spratsky, we should hang out tonight, one of the boys says. I can't, Sub says. Push-ups. Yeah. That's how she's spending her night. Yeah, totally. We, totally. Sp- we spent many nights doing push-ups, haven't we? We have, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like, oh, do you want to come around and record the podcast tomorrow? No push-ups. Push-ups <laughs> all, um, all day. Yeah. Oh, well, don't forget those chin-ups, you know. We had chin-ups yeah. as well. Push-ups, yeah. chin-ups. I mean, you've, you've got your Tuesday night chin-ups, your Wednesday night push-ups... Your Thursday night sit-ups, your Friday night drinking beer, <laughs> Saturday night throw-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and, and him do squats too. So, uh, <laughs> so we do we do everything? We do we, we do and, and and to look at us, you would know just how hard we work out. Exactly. Yeah. We we do all the ups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the other guys can't do anything either. Obviously, it is is Walter Jones. He says he can't do anything because he's doing something with taxes or something, or he's, he's filing some paperwork. Doing a man a man's duty. Yeah. He says. Oh, inventory. Inventory. Oh, yeah. I didn't write down what he was doing, I was trying to guess. <laughs> inventory, <laughs> yeah, his, his dad wanted to teach him how to do inventory. I can teach you that in two seconds. Um, so when he can't do anything, they ask Kinkle if he wants to do anything, and he says he can't, because he might be doing something with Valerie. Ooh. Causing all the guys to go, ow, shove and push, and Sabs gets a little upset because of it. Just a little. Yeah, yeah. She's a bit really miffed, this poor upset face with curtains it's really upsetting isn't it yeah. her hair's crying along with her like, yeah. oh. it's really upsetting so that Sam's has infiltrated this I mean what was she trying to get out of being a boy anyway was well she was a... trying to find out what was going on and she what they do in the background because yeah. she was seeing less and less of Harvey and she wanted to know if he was saying anything you know in, in male company that may explain sort of you know how he was feeling at the moment because it's a difficult time for them they're on a break and so, you know when unfortunately she's found out that well potentially he's going out with Valerie yeah but, well yeah but at the same time well yeah no right I've got to voice this I've got to voice this right I've got to do it now I feel like the only reason why it, in an, in the earlier episode that Mr. Kinkle wanted Harvey to see other people and not get bogged down with Sabrina was solely as a plot device so we could still have this fucking will they won't they thing going on in the background yeah. even though we know that they have and it's really starting to annoy me now especially in the fact that Sabrina's new best friend is now in some weird love triangle uh, or insinuating that they're in some weird love triangle that Harvey's going to be with Valerie even though Valerie's Sabrina's best friend it's, it's a little bit like it's, it's kind of lazy yeah yeah, yeah it's it's you know, we, we've already the whole first season was about will they, won't they, and, and you know we, we got really fucking into it. Yeah, and and if and if it turns out that the exact same thing is going to happen in this season, it's going to leave a bit of a sour taste. Yeah, in I mouth. think the Valerie component is sort of resolved, ex- well established and resolved exclusively within this episode, yes, yeah, which is a good thing because she's but, a uh, completely harmless character. She's you know, harmless is a, she's is not a, she's a not a threat. She's not no, a threat, no. but it is a bit annoying that. This was yeah. thrown in to make us go, oh, the, you know, the first few episodes of this season, oh, it's a bit of a rocky relationship, even though we haven't really seen them have a have a strong relationship yet. Yeah. But, so hopefully it doesn't continue, and as we say, it is concluded here. Uh, at home, and Sam's is asking for more advice from Salem. It's probably not a good idea. But he just reminds her that they both did agree to see other people. So he's supportive, <laughs> but he has got a good point. He also says that they could either mope around or go mad at him down the phone. 
he opts for the preemptive strike, as that's how he took Yugoslavia. It's good to know. It is very good to know yeah. that that is how Salem took uh, Yugoslavia. Yeah. Uh, I, I've always said that if you're going to invade Yugoslavia, you need to do a preemptive strike. They would just be too well prepared for an mm. attack. Also, these days you couldn't invade Yugoslavia. That would be invading like ten different independent nations <laughs> yeah. now. But, um, yeah. Well, you know, you've you've obviously got the former Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia. Yes, yeah, yeah. got that. You got Slovenia. Yes, yeah, Slovenia. Um, you got got the uh, Kosovo. Kosovo. Oh, Slo I always forget about Kosovo. Serbia and Montenegro. Oh, heavens above! Yeah. Croatia. Ooh. Wow. Croeso. Yeah. Um, and um, I mean, I feel like if you're going to take Yugoslavia now, it'd be it'd be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah. Bos Bosnia Herzegovina. Yeah. Oh, that would be a bloody nightmare. Yeah, yeah imagine. Yeah. Oof. It seems like he... Well, he says he took Yugoslavia. Yeah, I'm down to skip it. Maybe that's the reason why it's now broken down into so many independent yeah, countries. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they never recovered from the Saberhagen uh, conquest. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's get a few textbooks out and see if it's mentioned. Blimey. Find the dark time in Yugoslavia's history. Well, it's... <laughs> there have been many dark times in Yugoslavia's history. And so it's all one dark time. No, no, none of them merit discussion on the Serena uh, Teenage Witch podcast. <laughs> so Salem reckons that she, or rather Jack, should ask Valerie out instead, beating Harvey to it. And with some cool moves and encouragement from Salem, she successfully does... She rings him up and's like, hey, yeah, it's Jack. Uh, yeah, will you go out with me? She goes, I'd love to. She's so desperate. She'll go out with someone. She met the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. very briefly. Uh, well, talking about the ball war as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, come yeah. on. I mean, luckily they're going to a public place. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Also, uh, when Salem is uh, advising Sabrina on how to approach this situation, she asks him, when did you last have a girlfriend? Which gives us our... <laughs> <laughs> the episode. <laughs> I, it's just this this episode and the previous episode, and in fact, the majority of the season, we just constantly see Sabrina berating Salem. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the other way around. Salem yeah. had the upper hand on Sabrina as such, sort of talking down to her, going, look, you know, I'm this, I was this once powerful witch, listen to me. But it's the other way around. She's... She's got more sass in this season. Well, it's not even about the sass. It's like it seems like the first season she's getting used to the fact that the cat is talking, and in this season it's like, shut the fuck up, Salem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like you've got nothing good to say. Don't say anything at all. <laughs> you never leave your house and you shit in a box. Like, stop advising me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he does advise her how to be a boy a little bit. We cut to Salem giving Sabrina tips on how to shave. He says, "Go with the grain of your fur." Uh, I mean, beard. He says, "Yeah." yeah. Fair point. I mean, she's got. She's not really got any hair to shave, so no. she could probably cut her face off. Oh god, we had enough of that last episode. <laughs> yeah, at least she didn't have to take off her girl face and put on a boy face. <laughs> oh, oh man, uh, calling uh, Madame Epidermis. <laughs> yes. Uh, she puts on a disgusting blue suit, Hawaiian shirt combo. Sabrina, may I say, you look fly. Says. Yeah, that that suit is something straight out of Saturday Night Fever. It absolutely is. Uh, or yeah. Boogie Nights. Or so. <laughs> it, it, absolutely fucking dreadful. I think yeah, I think Saturday Night Fever is the thing we're going for. So that's the second jump to Volta film we've been reminded of <laughs> in this episode. And then <laughs> your face, face off, off last, last episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Sabrina feels so comfortable, she says. She's dressing up as a boy. She feels so comfortable, she doesn't want to wear a bra again. Right, okay. This, this rose many questions. Yes, this rises yeah. many questions. Okay, so, she's taking the boy brew, and she looks like a boy, but is referencing the fact that she doesn't have to wear a bra. Does that mean she still have breasts? And if so, why doesn't she Hillary Swank it, like Hillary Swank did in Boys Don't Cry, where she sort of taped them down so she could wear less baggy clothing? 
That's and also, what... does that also mean that she has a penis? Because if she's still got breasts, she wouldn't have a penis. But if she's transferred into a boy, then she should have a penis and no breasts. What the fuck is going on yeah. with the biology of this, mate? I would guess that she doesn't have breasts. She's just enjoying, without thinking about the practicalities of not wearing a bra in spite of having breasts. <laughs> she's just enjoying the freedom of not having to wear a bra. Not having to bother about no, Not to bother with a bra, but... At the same time, she'd soon regret that decision if, after turning back into a girl, she didn't wear a bra, because obviously, well, not obviously, it's not talking from experience, but um, <laughs> I gather it's, uh, it's, 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 it's rather uncomfortable to be walking around with your breasts unsupported all the time. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So that answers the bra question. Penis question. Penis question, yeah, she's got a knob. Um, <laughs> yeah. Simple as that, yeah. yeah. She was, I mean, you, you can't half ass a boy brew. You no. Know, if you're, you're not just going to Maybe turn... that's what the puppy dog tails were for. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Hey. I'll yeah. tell you what, she certainly man spreads, doesn't she, uh, when she's in the slicery later. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. So, so, Snabs has got a dick. Um, for, for the time being, yes. For the, time for, being, for, for the purposes of clarification. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, Jack, Jack, Jack has a Jack yes. has a dick. Yeah. So presumably, in that two-hour period when she's a boy, yes, she will need to use the lavatory. Yes. Which means the fir- probably the first penis Sabrina touches is Jack's. Yeah. Probably. Mm. As far as we know. Yeah. I'm more concerned about when she turns from a boy to a girl. Does it just suck, suck into her? What? Or to fall off? What? I don't know. I mean, that was one, one, one gruesome visual we were saying. <laughs> well, I think it's one way to one up the face coming off. It mean, it mean, show us that, to be honest. Shake it, shaking a, a little knob out of the bottom of her pants. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not saying the effects team couldn't manage it because they're very good. But I'm glad we didn't see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that light where yeah. goes, oh, Jack is. Is your penis falling off? <laughs> well, in that respect, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I, I'd suspect that the penis would introvert rather than fall off. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But for some reason, I was just thinking about, you know, the um, the minibar man. When, yeah, Zelda, oh, yeah. when Zelda throws a thing at him. I was yeah. just thinking about the penis dropping out of pants and throwing it at him. <laughs> 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 That's oh, fucking weird. Shit, that is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> is that a oh <laughs> let's just say it's so fucking good we haven't written one of these episodes here's your tip <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay. oh fucking hell gross at the slicery and desperate Val is just going in too deep about how shite her love life is Sabs is getting bored obviously but notices that the Harvey Kinkmeister coming in surprised to see them both together because he's like oh I didn't see I didn't think you guys would be together but he's he's cool about it so he, yeah but surely that means that he tells Sabrina from his reactions that he's not jealous or annoyed or but this is this is Sabs Yugoslavia move preemptive okay. strike yeah. goes in Harvey I'm with Val. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we're, we're kind of seeing each other. Don't tell her that, though, you know, because you don't want to get girls bogged down. Yeah. <laughs> and they're shoving each other. Being very laddie. And, yeah. But, yeah, the idea is to uh, to plant the idea in his head that they are together. So he doesn't try and approach her. Um, oh, as well, like, uh, Sabs, as Jack, wants to talk to Harvey. So he asks Val if that's okay. And she says, that's fine. These placemats have puzzles on them. Yeah, but that's, oh. oh, that's uh. yeah, more, 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 more tragic. She knows that and she's happy to do them. Maybe she's done them all. Maybe she's excited that's a new one she's got to complete. But maybe she's just excited that there's a puzzle to do. I just, yeah. I just, I just like how I don't know. That's that's just the ultimate sort of 
sort of selfless act, like, oh yeah, it's okay, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll amuse myself, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, I'm used to it. Yeah, yeah it's quite sure. Valerie, Valerie reminds me of, 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 well, me. At the Spellman House, a Mr. Craft has another encounter with Sonny. But Mr. Craft, being a feisty kind, says he must follow his heart. I don't see a ring on Hilda's finger, therefore I must conclude... That it's open season. Oh, that is sleazy. That is bastard point worthy. For the most part, Mr. Graff comes off quite well in this episode, but that is bastard point worthy. That is one thing. Oh, heavens above. No, 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 Mr. Craft. You fiend, you absolute imbecile. Just because there is not a ring on a woman's finger does not mean it is open season. No. Nor should you refer it to it as open season. <laughs> Never refer to it as open season. You want to know why? Because women are not animals for you to hunt down, you predatorial cock. <laughs> Just open season. Oh, oh, how many points is that, Dean? I would say... Two. Yeah, two, two points. Sleazy yeah. man. I mean, like I said, he does come across fairly well over the, the most of this episode, yeah. but still, good grief. Uh, the exchange insults each other. That's Mr. Craft and uh, Sonny, see Hilda. And uh, it leads to Mr. Craft to jab and flick him several times, quite harshly yeah, flicking. But, but not before the best line of this episode, or this season so far. It's not the best line, Chris. It's the best delivery of a line. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Just, just because of how Caroline Ray goes in on her redneck accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, don't you have some musical you should be watching on PBS? Yeah. <laughs> it, it starts exactly like that. Don't you have a musical to watch on PBS? <laughs> she just suddenly realises, oh shit, meant to be a redneck. <laughs> PBS! <laughs> So they're exchanging insults and flicks and jabs, and then he sort of tears the waistcoat. It's a leather jacket. How does he tear a leather jacket? Tears it off and goes, that jacket was my mother's. <laughs> and then they start brawling on the yeah. floor. Yeah. I mean, a scrap. With, with Salem watching from the cheap seats, also and, known as the stairs. And saying it's better than pay-per-view. <laughs> it certainly is, mate. So they're fighting, they're rolling around on the floor, beating each other up. And uh, Zelda breaks up the fight, initially horrified about the strange man in the house, but soon realises, oh my god, it's you. (laughs) It's like Sunny's like an unofficial member of the family, because we learn that every time Hilda uh, becomes a boy, specifically Sunny is the form she always takes, he always starts a fight. Yeah. So this is like an unofficial official member of the family, like a a schizophrenic side of Hilda again. I hope we see Sonny again. (laughs) I really hope so. Maybe, maybe it was Sonny that fought for the Confederacy. Maybe. (laughs) Still as a biker. Yeah. Even though there are no bikes. (laughs) Must be weird. No, back in those days, there would have been a horse. Yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Craft gets a few more insults into Hilda before leaving, still vowing that he will never see her again. Zelda asks Hilda why every time she turns into a boy, she starts a fight. It's obviously a kinder soul than her murderous female counterpart, really, because yeah, we've learned a lot about much. the actual I fe- female I Hilda. feel like, in this respect, as Hilda, she has to be sneaky with her, her, her deceptive, deceptions and murders and anger. Yeah. Whereas as Sunny, straight out, in it. Yeah, no yeah. hold barred, I guess. Yeah. yeah. In the school cafeteria, and Valerie's telling Sabs all about her date with Jack, and that he seems to really like her. And you made a point, Graham, that it's a shame that the first boy that's took a shine to Valerie and Valerie likes isn't a boy. He's only yeah. there for a short amount of time. Just and... how, how, yeah, how sort of happy she seems about it is just sort of, I don't know, just just so tragic because it's all it's all a big con. Like, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, at least what we can take for the positives from this is that. 
even if for a short amount of time she's so happy about having yeah. a boy fall for her. Sabs tries to give her some pointers about being a depressive sap, and she doesn't take the hint. No. Uh, <laughs> really doesn't take <laughs> really the hint. Uh, Sabs goes to refill her and Valerie's soda cups, and Harvey jumps in to ask her out on a date. At oh second. my days, it was a swoop. It was. That was, that was yeah. a swoop in. He swooped in, asked her out on a date to the slicery. And then pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Harvey's a bit of a feeder. That's kind of the only place that he wants to yeah. go. Yeah, that's true, actually. He definitely loves pizza more than... Uh, more than um, well, well, it's his coach. Living longer. You know, it's his coach. He wants him to put on a few pounds, you know. Well, yeah, wants we, him to bulk up. We've learned that um, every time... What is it? Every time Harvey burps, it smells of pepperoni or yeah. something. Even when he's not eating pizza. So uh, he's just accepting his fate. He's going <laughs> to die anyway. He's so. going to die of high cholesterol anyway. He might yeah. as well go out with a bang, eh? Sabs comes back and is miffed to find out what has happened. That literally, as she was gone, Harvey asked uh, Valerie out on a date. But she guess she's kind of okay with it. But confused as she thought Valerie was dating Jack. I can juggle two guys, she says. Wow, two guys. This new deodorant rocks. And as I said, this is like the, the sexual adventures of Valerie Burkhead. It's not the same as Jenny like being uh, fascinated by sex ed and Mr. Poole's legs. Oh, yeah, um, it's, it's just that Valerie has gone from having no guys interested in her to, she believes, to... When in fact it's still none, which is really sad. But um, she's liking the idea. Yeah, I can, I can handle two guys. Can, no, yeah. no, she can't. She can't handle one. No, <laughs> she can't handle having none. Really, she can't, she can't handle her. She can't handle herself. <laughs> she's sad. We hope she gets there one day, but right now she yeah. cannot. But she commends her deodorant anyway. It must be a good, a good role. Yeah, on. It, it's links for women. What fragrance would it be? Desperation. Sadness. (laughs) (laughs) Melancholy. (laughs) Back home and Sabs is confiding in Salem again, who, again, offers his advice on human mortal issues. He just tells her to go piss on what's hers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty much it. Mark your territory. Well, that's more of a cat thing, but it still applies. If she did go into Mark territory, then we'd find out if she had a penis or not. Yeah. yeah. At the slicery, it's not covered in piss, but we see Valerie and Harvey entering together, with Jack peeking in through the window. Just then, a dressed-up Libby stands next to him. I've not seen her for a while. She was supposed to be going on a date with a senior. Oh, but he got grounded. Wanker. Oh. So it's Jack's lucky day, as she says. Obviously, because Sabrina is now sassier in season two, she doesn't allow herself to get pushed around by Libby and plays a rather cool, obnoxious lad, lad, lad. Yeah. She, he gives her a quarter or something and goes, yeah, buy yourself something nice. Something pretty, he says. Yeah, something pretty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is exactly how Libby needs to be treated. That's exactly, Libby, yeah. Libby gets paid for a complete mug in this episode, which is nice. It's yeah, it's yeah. good to see. Good yeah. to see. Jack sits a few tables away from Harvey and Valerie and uses magic to turn the salt shakers into nifty little phones so she can eavesdrop into the conversation. It's not very convenient, that, is no. it? No! <laughs> I, I was heavily confused. Surely there is another way other than salt shakers. I mean, and they're talking and the salt shakers sh- shaking on when you go... The fuck is that doing? Well, in order to hide the to a hide the fact that it's vibrating and b hear what's being said, she has to su- hold the salt shaker to her ear, which yeah. leads to a sort of very sustained and, and to be honest, not particularly funny joke yeah. where he's insisting or Jack is insisting that you can hear the sea, put it to your ear to sort of cover it up, um, you know, to sort of stop Libby from sort of wondering what he's doing so she's picking up the other condiments on the table and listening to them which on the one hand Libby looks like an idiot and that's always good yes uh, on the other hand it, it's not very it's not very effective spell really no, no but you, you know what would have been uh, I think a funnier visual joke what? would have been to uh, for, for Sabrina to uh, 
I, to muster up a, a fly on the wall or a, a bug, a cockroach to run under the oh table my, and listen yeah, in that way. Yeah. That, I think that would have been better. The, the fly, fly on the wall. fly on the wall, yeah. certainly. Yeah. yeah. Because we know that the uh, the best magic spells are the literal ones. Yeah. So, yeah, being a fly on the wall, that would have been great, Chris. I know, right? Yeah. Tweet Nick Mackay, won't we? You should have done this. Nick, should've... you know that episode <laughs> Serena wrote 20 years ago? You fucked that up, didn't you? Here's, here's what you should have done. Salt shakers, salt shakers. Yeah. <laughs> so back home and Zelda is bewildered as to why Hilda refuses to learn from her mistakes. But just then the doorbell goes and it's Mr. Kraft again. However, Hilda now wants to greet him as she's starting to like him because, I mean, after all, he did fight for her honour. So she quite likes that this man that she doesn't like really likes her enough to fight for her. Well, literally, literally fought literally well, for her. Well, you know, it's... Well, he it's, literally fought her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a positive. Well, the thing is, like, obviously, um, as Sonny, he's very derogatory about Hilda, and that's what makes Mr. Kraft so angry, because yeah. he thinks Hilda's a good woman. So, yeah, I, I understand it. I understand Hilda being sort of impressed and flattered by that, and, I, yeah... Even though uh, the whole open season uh, oh, jab it. was uh, pretty pretty uh, gross, yeah. Um, yeah, he just sort of seemed like he is actually quite a quite an honourable man for the mm. most part in this episode. Certainly more than he's been so far. Yeah, I mean certainly. I mean he continues mm. to be quite honourable now because uh, as much as he wants to go out for a drink with Hilda, he actually wants to go out with a drink with Sunny to apologise. To apologise because he says I couldn't live with the guilt of how we left things last. So. Yeah. You know, we have seen this, very quickly seen this horrible side of this new character, Mr. Kraft, but now we're starting to see that there is, much like a Transformer, there's more than meets the eye with uh, with this yeah, man. Yeah, there's, there's hope for, for old Willard yet, isn't there? Yeah, I, and also it's the fact that uh, Hilda offers to go out with Mr. Kraft, and he goes, no, 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 I need to settle this yeah, with Sonny. Sonny. And it's yeah. like, wow, that is a that that is a man right there. Yeah. You're sticking to your principles, and, and you're going for it. Well done, Vice Principal Craft. Yes. yes. And a, Hil- a Vice Principal with principles. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Hilda is, she's reluctant, but she's like, okay, well, I got myself into this pickle, I best turn into Sunny. So she does, and uh, yeah, her and, uh, well, him really, and Mr. Craft go on a date, and that's. They go on, on, on the back of his hog. Yeah. yeah. They go to get some brewskis on yeah. his hog. Sadly, we don't see said hog and yeah, the two no. of them riding it, which would be hilarious. <laughs> I, I feel the like conversation. That, I think I think that general going out for a drink would have been great insight yeah. into the. Wow, that, that yeah. be... We have the DVD, and there is not a deleted scene exploring. Unfortunately, this. not. No. So they go on a date, which is, a, I guess, a nice uh, development of character for Mr. Kraft. We join Jack and Libby at the slicery. He's still got his ear to the salt shaker, and he's trying to convince Libby that if she tries, she can hear the ocean in the pepper shaker. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, salt yeah, naturally, naturally. Harvey's just about to say something personal to Valerie. He even holds a hand. I know. I was in. It was a tense moment. Yeah, for our me. hearts yeah. are in us mouths. Yeah, very yeah. misleading. It's oh my god, something, something's going off. But before we hear what's going on, Jack, visibly upset, goes to the bathroom. Without you know, that is until well, she's a little confused. Um, no, no, his salt shaker gets it's, interrupted it's by shaker. the many other salt shakers. Yes, I mean, yeah. You know, inter- salt shaker interference right there. I like that. Yeah. There's, there's two things like right, that and the payoff line at the end are the only good things about the salt shaker uh, situation. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a bit of an interference, which means, I guess, are salt shakers and phone shakers all equipped, ready to be turned into phones by witches? Ma- yeah, maybe you can only enable every single one. 
as I say, Harvey's just about to say something personal to Valerie. He holds a hand and Sabrina runs off, visibly upset, uh, but confused as to which toilet to go in. He's about to go in the girls, but I can't. I'm dressed as a boy. Goes in the boys and uh, tries to keep it together. Like, come on, big boys don't cry. So in walks Harvey, who tells the Spratman that he's not on a date, but in fact he was just confiding in Valerie to talk about how much he misses Sabrina. Oh. Which naturally causes Jack, obviously Sabrina, to cry. Oh, like she gets upset, going, "Are you okay?" He says he blames it on the the strong smell of pine in the toilets. Yeah, brings a tear to everyone's eye. I guess the strong smells of sprays and tea back. Pines? Yeah. 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 Better than uh, the strong sort of shit. <laughs> I mean, that'd be more believable. Sorry. Sorry, dude. Did a strong shit. Did a gnarly shit. Did a gnarly turn. I'd like totally leave it a good 20 minutes. Dude, yeah. It's making me cry, man. Oh, man. I just laid one out bigger than my arm. <laughs> Gross. Um, so during this, he runs out into the girls' changing room because uh, Harvey makes a comment going, oh, is a tip for next time, your mascara is running, which means, oh my god, girl thing, so her, yeah. she's changing again. And he says, I'm cool with it, but the boys might have ridden you a bit. Again, again Harvey, you yeah. know, being supportive, like, yeah, if you want to wear mascara as a boy, that's cool with yeah, me. You're a cool sprat man, that's all I, I, do, I do not judge, you're a good guy, and that's all that matters. Of course, and... Oh. Oh, what, what a guy, what a guy. Again, top bloke, top bloke. Again, the fact that he wasn't actually carrying on with Valerie, the fact that he was actually talking about Sabrina because he cares about her, how nice he is to Jack, this new and slightly strange boy. Mm. Harvey Kinkle is just, just our just our hero. He's our dreamboat. Our dreamboat, oh. our, our, our love now and forever. Hopefully forever, anyway. I hope, I hope so. <laughs> so Sabrina runs out into the girls' changing room this time, just in time to transform back into Sabrina. Or at least half transformed, anyway. I liked what they did here. It looked really yeah, good. I, it, it looked really, really good. I just wanted to turn to one side, say something as Jack turned to the other side, say something as Sabrina. <laughs> you wanted like an ebony and ivory thing. Yeah, right like now. having a conversation. That's that would have been fun, yeah. That would have been cool. It's good, I mean, obviously she was wearing half one costume, half the other, but I think the what they did with the hair was very clever. Yeah. yeah. Like wearing half a boy's wig and yeah, half ha- of a real hair. Yeah. yeah. Well, Again, no, the, 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 costume, the costume department and the wig department, you've had... You've outdone yourselves this season already. Yes. You can take a break now. <laughs> yep. Costume effects, just always, always on point. Exactly. So her appearance is now 100% female and she goes back into the pizzeria. Not before making sure to tell Libby that Jack just left. You know, to really wind her up, to really piss her off. And well, again, I'm happy for that to happen. She's yeah. like, spread, split. Oh my god! Oh, and she's disgusted. But yeah, it's probably not. It's probably the first time a boy has ditched her. And... But her parting line is, "I listened to Pepper for him," which <laughs> yeah. almost justifies the whole um, the whole gag because that's 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 a great line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so she then meets up with Harvey and Valerie, who beckon her over. Uh, but Har- uh, Valerie leaves to get some uh, scongeli for her dad, which is some seafood that this pizza I supplies. Have, yeah. No idea. Whatever. So he goes to, uh, being the feedy that he is, he uh, says that he'll order some skinjili as well because Sabrina loves eating gross food. But you know what is gross, boys? Puss. And, yeah. uh, and, he's, like, and he's kind of like, so yeah, we, we can be friends and we can talk about cool cool things. You like, know? like guts and puss. Like, like guts and puss and gus. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter that we're on a break. We can still we can still hang together, which is yeah. a nice little way I to end it It's all. good that opposites do attract because obviously he thinks that guts are the grossest. She thinks uh, puss is the grossest, but they're compatible. Cause yeah. It's tra- yeah. So in the topic of what's grossest, I guess it's kind of romantic. <laughs> I guess. If you're looking to it. Skunjili's not a real kind of food, is it? I think it is, yeah. 
Is it? Yeah. Even though it's got congeal in it. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was some sort of joke about it being some sort of like really... What, jellied fish? I, think I don't know, just like a muscle, I think. Oh, right. Oh, really? No, so. it can't be. Right. No, it, it's got to be like, you know, jellied eels or something. Should we find some for lunch? No. <laughs> look, look, looking at how it's spelled, then maybe, uh, how, yeah. How? how what? How's it spelled? Where is it? There? See, it's like an Italian thing, so I guess, yeah. Congeal. That could be anything. But yeah, yeah, it could fact, literally fact, fact, be anything. It sounds like congeal. It's, it's funny. Um, <laughs> the credits roll, and Hilda and Sabrina are comparing their male experiences whilst enjoying a game of football, because the even though they're both uh, back to being normal, back to being female, they've still got a bit of maleisms inside, which apparently well, yeah, is their you know, enjoyment of football. Again, residual effects. Again, though, as soon as they are back to being women... The men and women are different jokes start to become crass and lazy again. Yeah. Because, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're watching football like men do. Like, only men enjoy yeah. you know? Come on, kick the ball! Yeah. Oh, like, so yeah. yeah. Oh, it's foul! Whatever. They, they just yell oh. random things at yeah. the TV. Because only, only men watch. Yeah. Only men watch sport. But then, uh, what, what saves the whole situation, Phil? <laughs> situation is uh, who haven't we seen as a man? <laughs> uh, a man called Buzz, who looks Buzz. remarkably like a Butch Beth Broderick walks in. Oh, my days. <laughs> Butch made my life. Butch Broderick. Um, <laughs> it was just—it's just the fact that he just came in. He didn't sit on the chair or the sofa. He sat on the arm yeah. of the chair with one leg up, leaning over, mustache, and just goes, "Call me Buzz." <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking too right, man. That yeah. is—that is, that is how you end it. Yeah. That was so good. Talking about Buzz, we've got Jack and we've got Sonny. I mean, <laughs> that is a sitcom I want to watch. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, although the majority of it is going to be like. Uh, what was it? White trash hillbilly esque truckers, bikers. In fact, yeah, that would be a lot of fun actually. So we've reached the end of our sixth episode, which is also the last episode of Disc One of Season Two. Woof! We've hit our first milestone with this one. So this episode, Sabrina the Teenage Boy. Graham, what did you think of it? Ah, uh, yeah, um, it was it was a strong episode. Uh, um, the, the, the element, it was, I think, probably the weakest one so far. But with how good things have been, that's not really too much Absolutely, of a yeah. uh, criticism. Um, yeah, there are elements of it, I think, with, well, we've discussed in the fact that the whole Sabrina Harvey uncertainty is back. But I think it's sort of been handled in good ways, and like, there's hope, at least, you know, at the end of this episode, that sort of things are sort of working their way back towards a resolution which isn't just going to be everything that we've seen before um, but yeah I liked more Harvey being a nice guy yes. and to just about everybody which um, you know just, just makes us swoon every time I like the fact that Mr. Craft sort of shown that he maybe isn't all terrible um, and I generally like the way the whole um, Sabrina as a boy was handled because it, it could have could have been dodgy especially with you know sort of 90s sensibilities but um, whenever Sabrina was a boy the gender humour was fine whenever she wasn't it got a bit more stereotypical yeah. and, and, and lame but nothing too terrible all in all a good episode yes um, Chris do you agree with yeah you? I mean it, as Graham was saying it was uh, the episode was great for character development we got a lot of uh, Salem Salem's health in this yeah. one which was very much enjoyable I wanted more crying from him but we got quite a bit of that so far this season so I'm happy uh, I liked uh, the the females alter egos, Sunny, Buzz, and Jack. I really did enjoy those, uh, and just the fact that we we, we, we know that the uh, the Harvey Sabrina romance, even though I'm pissed off with the way that they're doing it, um, it, it it's going to be back on track. Yes, yeah. you know, it's coming back. It's coming back. It was just it's again. It just seems really lazy. 
you know, oh, let's take a break. Why? My dad says, nah. Yeah. You know, something needed to have happened for them to have split. They should have been together this season and then next yes. season split. Because I agree, yeah. Yeah, I agree, yeah. In this season. So that, that that's my opinion on the matter. Yeah. No, it's good, Chris. I, I agree with, yeah, points both by, uh, raised by you both. It was a good, strong episode. Um, again, yeah, the, the whole sort of male stereotypes could have been done worse. It could have been a bit of look. It could have uh, been a, not quite offensive, but a bit cheap. Yeah. Cheap last. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was done in a really sort of ludicrous, silly way. Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart being a boy was really, really funny. Hilda, you know, but uh, Caroline Ray being a boy was, yeah. was particularly funny. And even Beth Project's little cameo at the end was, <laughs> was, was great. So the perfect cherry on top, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So, so very, very good. And something as well, like obviously, this episode was written by Nick Kai. And um, normally with the episodes that he is the sole writer for, Salem isn't doesn't tend to have much in it. No, he's as most he's written for himself. Yeah. So uh, but I think for narrative-wise, it, it was needed because Salem is technically the only male in in the Spellman household. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to turn to someone about male things, you're going to turn to to the cat naturally. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't say Salem featured heavily in it. It was just like one or two lines here and there. Yeah. yeah it's, it's still, it's still it's, a case of there's no plot concerning Salem. Yes. In, in a Nick Kai episode. But his involvement. I think, so far. I think his involvement was key, though. I think yeah. it was good to get um, him giving his male advice, even if it is from a cat. From his experience of being a cat. Uh, so that's what me and Graham think of this episode anyway, but uh, what about Chris? He is our rank master, he is the one in charge of uh, setting the bar of what he thinks this episode is like. And his official score for this episode is what, Chris? What do you give it? Uh, well, it was a solid episode. Uh, it, it, solid well, normally means a five, so, right? so Solid to five, solid to five. Uh, and usually when I say it's a solid episode, I usually then big it up and give a give other bits and wonderful little aspects but to be perfectly honest with you I think I'm gonna have to leave it where it is five blokes trying to find the alternator okay five blokes trying to find the alternator Graham five um yes I would say so actually it's so just, just so just perfectly just fine yes yeah <laughs> And uh, being the lads that we are, we're all in, in this together, all joking around. I'm Just joining like the kids from High School Musical. <laughs> yeah. um. I'm, jo- I'm uh, joining in with this, chat. I'm going to say five as well. I think, yeah, a, a, a fine episode, nothing wrong with it. It was, it was a good episode, and it wasn't a bad episode. So yeah. I think five is a very fair and accurate score. So episode seven is our next one. Boys, would you like to know what it's called? Yes. It is our second Halloween episode. Here we oh. go. So we're on our... We're in our second season, so we've got our annual Halloween episode. <laughs> this one is called A River of Candy Corn Runs Through It. Oh my. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Say all those things again. A River of Candy Corn Runs Through It. What's that a parody of? That recognise that. A River Runs Through It. Yeah, that is something. That is something. What is that, Graham? I don't know, but it's something. It's something. It's a something. river runs through it. But, and if we knew what it was, it probably was a close to what the episode was about. <laughs> but I feel like A River Runs Through It is like... Is a western? I feel like it's a western. A river runs through it. I feel like it's a western about about uh, two sides trying to get access to this war. One side building a dam, etc., etc., and a river runs through the town. I'm not entirely okay. sure. So I, I, I'm I'm going down that route and say like a river runs through it. So there's going to be some form of divide. And then eventually you'll have to come together to fight a common enemy or something. Okay, okay, that's, that's a good logical 
Well, maybe they go to the cinema to watch a film, hence the film reference, perhaps. Maybe. <laughs> um, and maybe, yeah, maybe there is some sort of divide, like two groups of people there at the cinema. God forbid, but maybe Sabrina and Harvey fall out again, and he's there with somebody else, and she's there with somebody else. That's that's my guess. Maybe they get sucked into a movie. Yeah. Oh, could mm. be, uh, literally could be anything. I'm not fucking clue, mate. No. Oh, well, maybe we'll have a better idea of how this works out. So a river of candy corn runs through it. Sabrina hosts a spontaneous Halloween party in the house, which somehow leads to her furniture coming to life. Well, we were way off. <laughs> yeah. Why wasn't it called fucking Beauty and the Beast? Because that'd be stupid. <laughs> Just call it Beauty and the Beast. Well, the furniture's alive in that. So that is our uh, second Halloween episode. A River of Candy Corn runs through it, which is episode seven. We're on to disc two of season two. We are getting through this quickly. Thank you very much from me, Phil Dean, for listening to our show. I hope you enjoyed it very much so. Uh, I hope Graham, the man to my left, enjoyed doing it. Did you? He did. Excellent. And I hope the man to my right enjoyed it also, Chris. No, he did. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners, and it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic.